back indeed. Episode number 63, Rasball Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Sun and Joel edition. What's going on, Joel? Not too much, man. I haven't been traded yet, so I'm feeling okay, you know. Just trying to get through Thursday unscathed here. How about you, man? Lifetime contract you have, Joel. Lifetime contract. <laughs> um, you're, you're, on the, you're on the Kobe plan. Um, how's the weather out there? You staying warm? It's actually, it's, um, I, I was on a walk with the dog the other day. I'm, I'm, the toe feels well enough to walk the dog. And uh, I encountered someone on that walk that said, it's Wisconsin warm, which means it's like in the 40s, which is actually like kind of amazing for February. So <laughs> this is normally like um, like escape to Boca time of the, the calendar. And uh, there we haven't had any had to make any escapes just yet so everything's going okay man nice how about you yeah good to hear no things are lovely um things are lovely no complaints out here so uh you know i'm looking forward to uh this upcoming nba trade deadline um it's gonna be wild and i think that's what we're gonna focus on obviously the main one is uh uh you know the kyrie irving trade that went down but before we get into that uh this is episode number 63 so in the history of the nba and ABA, there's only been one person, one player to uh, don the number 63 jersey, Cody Clark. Um, he's back in the day. Uh, I saw that you brought up his basketball reference praise. So do you want to dig into that a little bit there, Joel? Uh, you know, because I, I had never heard of this guy. And so I was <laughs> Likewise. curious about who he is. Yeah. Um, you know, he uh, he's played three games um, for the Celtics in... 2016 um and koti apparently uh was a dead eye he's a career 1000 percent three-point shooter um <laughs> he played three minutes against the pacers in march uh and hit a three and then he played two seconds against uh oklahoma city and uh didn't get a shot up in those two seconds and then played two and a half minutes against the raptors and uh hit another three so Congrats to him, man. A, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. So, uh, he drained the three, probably held the form while he was moonwalking back to the locker room, and he rode <laughs> off. He walked off into the sunset. That's the way to go out. I love it. All right. 63 points has been scored 10 times. Elgin, Will, that Will guy again, two times. Joe Folks, no idea who Joe Folks is. Uh, Jerry West and George, the Iceman Gerving. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. I saw highlights of him. He's basically like Plastic Man, uh, finger roll. He's he's, he's an amazing player. Uh, really fun to watch. So, all right, let's get into this pod. Uh, Kyrie Irving trade. Um, your thoughts? I mean, I um, I just can't believe the Nets got that much for him. You know, like I felt like after he had. He had made his trade demand earlier in the week. Um, I guess I I thought there was like a potential of just like, because, you know, he tried to do that earlier this year, was looking to, or I guess his preseason was looking to to move out and there just wasn't a market for him. And I, I was surprised that there was a market for him this time around. Um, you know, obviously like everyone knows what he is as a player and what he's capable of doing, but um, I think it's also pretty obvious that like you know ask ask the celtics or the Cavs how the Kyrie irving experience ends you know or brooklyn now and so i was kind of surprised that there was just someone 
multiple someone's were ready to to jump in and and commit to Irving's because he seems so reluctant to commit to anyone else. Um, so yeah, I, I was really I was really surprised that that Brooklyn was able to get two quality players and an unprotected first for him. I mean, uh, that's not a bad haul in my mind. Yeah, I mean, he's Kyrie's a fantastic player. Um, you know, one of the best handle packages in the league uh, for his size. Amazing finisher at the rim. And talent wins out, man. I mean, it's been shown time and time again. You know, there's been guys that have done a lot worse things than what Kyrie did. Uh, you know, of the physical variety, violence variety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, man, if you can jump and, you know, if you can put the ball in the hoop, I mean, there's always going to be a market for you. And, you know, the thing is, you know, he's still relatively young. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of concerns, right? Um, is he going to sign long term? Like, what's the future going to hold? Uh, chemistry, locker room, things like that. But from a talent perspective, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. The thing that I kept thinking about, man, was, uh, you know, the Lakers, man. Like I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I mean, no, like they had a chance to buy low on him months ago. And my thinking at the time was I remember a lot of people were up in arms and going crazy about, you know, what he did. And I'm not trying to sit here and, and, you know, say, like, condone what he did was right or or wrong or whatever. But I think if you really think about it, I don't think what he did was extremely egregious, right? Like, it might have been, it might not have been right, but, you know, it's not like he went out and said, like, you know, I hate, you know, a certain segment of the population or I hate this, I hate that. Like, he, you know, whatever endorsed a film or whatnot um kind of like passive aggressively kind of like he didn't come out and say but he you know he liked the film right that had some you know i guess anti-semitic things in it and had some controversial viewpoints um but you know not to say that like i necessarily agree with his perspective or whatnot but you know there were some valid points on what he was trying to convey and I just think that got that whole thing got lost in the uh, emotional, uh, I guess, rush to judgment of you know, certain things that that people were focusing on, right? So, um, you know, if, I think if you really think about it, like, you know, yeah, what he did, you know, didn't jive with a lot of people, but it's not like something like, you know, like worthy of going to jail or you know, like anything like that like he didn't necessarily like physically hurt anybody or something like that right so uh the lakers i think they just got uh they were a deer in the headlights right and uh they didn't really see the opportunity that was presented to them because man they could have got him for super cheap super 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 cheap right and you know i mean you know i make the analogy with trading a lot you know, on this pod, just because it's, you know, it's a big part of my life. But like, you know, there's a reason why, you know, Warren Buffett, you know, says, you know, you buy when there's blood in the streets and you sell when people are going crazy and FOMO, right? It's human emotion, right? And, you know, like the, I mean, the opportunity was handed to them on a silver platter, right? And like, if, ah, you know, and just like, <laughs> like, are you serious, right? <laughs> like, are you serious? Um, so, you know, that's the thing that I kept thinking about, um, you know, it's just, yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to, 
you know, like I said, like I, I understand why, you know, why it didn't happen. I get it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just felt like it was such a just a a golden opportunity, right? Because I mean, look where we're at now, like, like, right? It's nothing, right? Like, it was like has you know people even like talked about that, like really, you know? So, uh, you know, that's the thing about, but but that's the thing about like. You know, social media and um, I guess the time that we live in now, right? It's just uh, like the emotional, um, I guess, volume of things is definitely heightened in this era. And with certain tools and mediums that are at the disposal of people, uh, you know, information and emotions, they travel at such a hypersonic speed now that like once that train starts going, uh, everybody starts jumping on and then it kind of takes on a life of its own, you know, becomes a beast. And then, yeah, you know, it's scary to get in front of those trains. Right. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's the right thing to do. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's just, you know, so in a way it's a very, uh, it was an interesting kind of, um, I guess in a way like, you know, sociological, you know, kind of, uh, uh, not experiment, but, um, just a sociological situation, you know, to kind of just shows in a way, uh, you know, where we are as a society and kind of like just how, uh, you know, just human emotion, man. It's it's a powerful, powerful thing, you know, especially when, uh, you know, it's uh, intertwined with a mass number of, of people. Right. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go off on the sociological tangents and, and all that stuff, but um, uh, yeah, I think we should stop it there. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the, I think that what you said has um, has some merit. I think that the real trouble with Kyrie Irving, especially in this instance, though, was the lack of like remorse and a real apology. Yeah. No, like I that was, it. I get it. You know, like you can you can say what you want about like the. Um, the the access that millions of people have to individuals because of social media and the and the wide sort of range or the wide net that you can throw with an audience like that but it was like also like a very it was a very Kyrie thing to uh, to like you know to be controversial and then to uh, sort of dig your heels in and say like I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to. He, he, what really happened was like he he got raked over the coals for not playing the game appropriately. Yeah. Um, you know he he stepped in it and what everyone wanted him to do was say like I don't endorse this. I didn't watch the movie. These aren't the beliefs I hold. Um, I'm sorry that I hurt people. And he the the initial pushback like that press like the day after um, was very it was a very Kyrie Irving kind of deal where like he was the aggrieved party. He was the person that was being misunderstood. Um, and I think it, it sort of goes into his like larger, uh, his larger sort of like worldview or maybe not in his worldview, but the larger perception of him being someone who is not really a team first guy. He's, uh, you know, he's a very, he's very interested in the path that he is walking um, more so than what, whatever you're trying to do collectively as a team or um, sort of as a, as a unit, he, you know, he puts his own interests and his own perspectives ahead of, you know, showing up to work or getting a vaccine or whatever. And so, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's what was, that was what surprised me about the Mavs trading for him now um, was it, it feels like a really big gamble to, to send away um, your best defensive player to send away. Um, I mean, you know, didn't getting Irving for Dinwiddie, for Dinwiddie is an upgrade on the court, but um, you know, the whole thing, as I, I mentioned that piece that came out on Monday, it was, it was fear motivated. It was like the Mavs are already feeling like they're on the clock with Luca they need to start surrounding him with a better team because um, they don't want him to, to be able to force his way out. Um, and so bringing in talent, even sort of talent that's a little bit sort of uh, marked down like Irving is, um, he's just, he's a, a really uh, unpredictable guy uh, and he's a very unreliable player. And to, to give up Fith, uh, Finney Smith and Dinwiddie and a unprotected first that's a lot for a guy who, you know, I, I, I put it in the piece, but like, you know, he's missed like half of his games in Brooklyn and most of them weren't injury related. You know, it was, it was uh, first the, the vaccine mandate that he was interested in, uh, in complying with. And then there was the, uh, you know, stepping out to go to his, his sister's uh, birthday party. Like he just, he doesn't, it's Kyrie. He just like doesn't show up every time you expect him to show up. Um, or every time you need him to show up. And so that was that was what drove my reaction of like, wow, I can't believe that Dallas did that. But it sounds like you would have done it. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, talent talent wins in this league, right? And, um, you know, I mean, he has, he does have a chip, you know, so he has been through that, uh, that grinder. Um, he kind of knows what it's, you know, what it's about. Uh, from a, like I said, from a talent perspective, he's one of the best players in the league. And I mean, you made some really good points. Uh, their defense is going to get a lot worse. Um, and but I think so. This is this is how I was kind of perceiving Dallas. And I think the trade works on uh, multiple levels. So one, you know, obviously their offense gets a lot better. Uh, two. Luca, he was getting worn down, man. You know, like, you know, the 40% usage rate thing and just carrying the team. Like, I mean, you can see it. He's already kind of getting some mm -hmm. injuries and stuff like that. So they really needed somebody to kind of take the load off him. And, you know, Dinwiddie's yeah. nice player, but he's not that guy, right? Kyrie's a guy that, you know, right, he can, you know, literally break down the defense and, you know, help out, you know, his, his guys. And, you know, like, you know, Dinwiddie has had some nice games and, you know, he has you know, developed, you know, he's improved and, you know, he's a good player, but he's far from the level of what Kyrie can bring. Right. So, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. So I think I think that was a huge reason why, because, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is Lucas squad. And um, yeah, I mean, if he was going at the current rate that he was going at, he, he wasn't going to make it. Right. So he needed to they needed to lighten the load for him as, in, in some form or fashion. Um, you know, the, the championship experience, uh, I think that's a huge part of it, right? Cause that's eventually want to, you know, where they, where they want to get to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, defense. Yeah. I mean, man, losing, you know, DFS and like, you know, losing some of those players, like it's, it's going to hurt for sure. But, um, I think, you know, defense, like, you know, there's some things that you can do with it, you know, scheme wise and, and things like that, that can kind of like help that out. Right. And 
obviously there's some other moves right that they can make right to help that but the defense part that's something that you can kind of correct something that you can kind of scheme to to improve mm-hmm. but like having a dude that you can just give the ball to at the end of the shot clock and you know like the, like you know you just can't it's it's hard to get the you know get those things right or to, to get that kind of asset uh is very mm-hmm. difficult right so um i do think obviously it's a gamble um i think it's worth it and uh you know you, the other point that you made was you know there's been rumblings about you know luca gonna stay in dallas and things like that you know and you know this is something to kind of appease him to some degree mm-hmm. uh i think at the end of the day though like i have a lot of respect for for mark cuban you know as you know as an owner and as uh someone that understands like risk reward right and you know he's you know i think he's um i think he's one of the better owners out there uh and in terms of kind of like um well you know they did kind of botch the jalen brunson thing which was kind of interesting, say, yeah right you know and but, it's a it's a place that has been uh put under scrutiny for other stuff workplace yes. environments right. like uh as far as like being able to win championships or to provide like a, a winning team more often than not, I feel is like he's a he's a successful owner in that regard for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, so he hired I forgot the lady's name, but I wrote a pro, I read a profile on her. She's you know really good player, you know really good like kind of executive. So he brought her in, uh, you know, to address some of the you know outside off the court type of stuff, uh, and you know just. You know, you saw you know, what he did with, you know, during the Dirk Nowitzki years. And, you know, just, I mean, look where he's, you know, from the time he bought that team, like, where the, look where that team is now. You know, like he's, mm-hmm. he's really done a good job with it. So I think I think he can foster a certain environment to uh, make it a little bit more pleasurable for Kyrie. Uh, so we'll see. But, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, like you said, you know, Kyrie is Kyrie. He is his own entity. And, um I think the the most uh, poignant point that you made was that, uh, you know, playing the game, right? And it's like, yeah, man, whether you want to or not, like you are in a position, you are in this position, and there are certain things that come with being a professional NBA player, whether you like it or not, right? And, you know, um, you know, I mean, it reminds me of this thing that I, this thread I was reading on Twitter the other day, uh, you know. I forgot his name, but it's still, you know, the number one snitch on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And, right, he's, yeah, he's great. Oh, he's he's amazing. But he had a thread yesterday where he was uh, kind of talking about early, in his early days, uh, he was following a guy uh, doing a documentary and like um, he was a young player. And so he was following him from like kind of like from it was like from a rags to riches type of story. So, you know, he was documented his whole life after he got the bag and things like that. And. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, um, he was like, yeah, man, like, you know, some people like some people play the they play the game for different reasons, some for the love of the game. Right. So like the pressure and all that stuff doesn't really phase them because they're so locked in on the game. But there are many other people that play it for other reasons, whether it be for the money. Right. Probably money is the biggest motivator. Right. And. Uh, you know, so like their whole motivation is like, yeah, yeah, I want to get paid. I want to get paid. I want to get the bag. But then, uh, you know, once you get the bag, 
there's a lot of things that come with that and some people are not geared towards that or they don't expect it so at the you know so at the end of the day this guy was like yo like it was too much pressure right and he's just like you know f it like i don't want to do the documentary anymore because it was too much right and so mm. right so some guys you know i guess they don't understand or realize what what the bag comes with like there's certain responsibilities and certain things that you want to do and sometimes i think Kyrie, um you know he wants to you know be his own entity right he wants to just do his own thing and i think he gets stubborn in some ways uh you know some i think he gets stubborn just to be stubborn to kind of be like anti-establishment type of thing right yeah. like that, that that's kind of his thing right but um but yeah i think you made a good point like yeah man like you got to play the game at some point right like you know you have to well like, that's why brooklyn didn't offer him the big money yeah, like right. you that the whole thing was was facilitated because like he wanted a bigger contract right. or a longer contract than brooklyn was willing to to give him and i think like you know if i'm the nets front office like i think there is good reason to be uh skeptical oh, that this guy for is sure going to show up yeah. and, and and uh be be reliable you know like that's um that's the thing that makes it such a big gamble it's just like you know no one doubts or discredits the on-court ability or talents or you know what what you are capable of accomplishing in a basketball game with Kyrie Irving on your team it's just like how how often is he actually going to be there you know um yeah and like some of that is like because he seems to be a contrarian some of that is because he has interests he very clearly has interests beyond basketball which is one of the things that I actually really like about him is that he, he you know these sort of like uh basketball robots um are really great players oftentimes but I also think that like there's more to a person than just that or just their job. So um, I've, I feel like like in my circles, I generally um, have more rope for Kyrie than a lot of the people that I I'm talk just, basketball with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a reliability thing, you know, and you know, he's 31 or soon to be 31 and like, he's looking for the last big, big pile of money. Um, and it sounds like Dallas is going to give it to him. So, I mean, I hope for, for the sake of like uh, just basketball, the Western conference that like he's there, he's available. He shows up to work every day. It's like, yeah, I mean that the on-court stuff is going to be really fun to watch. I think. Um, yeah, for sure. Er, you know, Eric Wong broke down the trade in the athletic. Uh, I think he, he did a really great job with it. Um, he thinks that cause Dallas plays like 29th or 30th in offensive pace. Right, they just mm -hmm. really bog things down. But I think their ident yeah. their identity, you know, is gonna likely have to change, right? Because they're losing defensive pieces, so they're gonna have to just basically play five out, just spread everyone out, right, and just uh, just have a bunch of shooters and uh, just score just play 150 like that. Yeah. points. Yeah, <laughs> so they're gonna have to score more, so their pace will probably go up. Uh, and you know, in terms of you know backcourt tandems, uh, I mean, <laughs> who's who's competing with that? You know, just from right, just from a, a statistical standpoint, right? So they're basically, you know, averaging that's like sixty points right there per game. Like that's sick. Seriously. You know, like it, it's crazy. So uh yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how uh Jason Kidd kind of, you know, you know, does things like you know, how much will he, you know, morph things and to kind of like appease 
you know, I've read some stuff that, yeah, like they're, you know, they're close, they have some history. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it'll be very, uh, it'll be very interesting to see. I'm kind of excited, you know, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, you know, they can bond over being controversial point guards, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah. When I was, when I, you know, was sort of laying out some notes for this, I was curious what uh, the market was for the Mavs to win the Western Conference. Uh, most of the places don't have that bet on the board because it's straight deadline and things are moving. But I was able to find a couple of numbers, and the ranges that I saw were uh, Mavs to win the West plus 700 or 600 or 500. Are you going to take any of those bets? And if so, what – I mean, you want plus 700, you want plus, plus 500. You think the, you think the Mavs just can win, can win the Western Conference with Kyrie Irving now? I mean, I mean, they're always in play, right? When you have Luca and you have Kyrie, right? Um, you know, and you know they do have some semblance of you know some defensive identity, right? Like obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they're gonna have to change things a little bit. But yeah, when you have those two guys, I mean, you're always in play. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was just like, you know, the Lakers suck, right? But yo, they still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like. You know, do you really want to play them in a seven-game series? Like, anything could happen, right? Like, mm-hmm. LeBron could go for 50 points right, and sneak a game, and then AD can come back and win. You know, so that's why, at the end of the day, talent wins, right? So, I mean, the the last time I can remember where, you know, a team was constructed of just, like, a true kind of team was, like, those, that Detroit Pistons team, the Chauncey Billups, right, Ben Wallace, like, uh, Rip Hamilton team. Right, like, man, I I hated that team just because right they beat the Lakers, but I mean they did. I mean they were from a, I mean, really good players, but they didn't have a superstar. But they worked so fucking well as a team, right? And I mean, I I don't know. I just off the top of my head, that's the closest or that's the most recent team that I can remember that was like that, right? Since then, I'd like to introduce you to the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way. Is like that while they do have the superstar like but but that's the you, thing you see no, no. you see how it doesn't work with without holiday or without Milita- middleton or without brooke like it just no he couldn't do it alone no doubt no doubt but they have superstars they you, do you know this, they have right these superstars. yeah you know what i'm saying like that those detroit teams so i mean i don't know maybe i'll go back and look at it sometime when i got some time but like i mean since that detroit team most of them ha- have had at least one superstar and then as yeah the years have progressed. Then they've it's been like, yo, you can't just win with one. You need two, right? And now it's yeah. kind of bordering on three, right? Uh, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, you, you have talent. You have two guys, man. You're always in play. You got a puncher's chance. I don't know about plus 500. I don't know if I'm down with that. I'm trying to pull I'd up. Want, I'd want 700. If yeah, you know, you know, obviously, right, everything comes down to odds and, and things like that. Um, but they do I mean, in a seven-game series, right? <laughs> I mean, they yeah. they're in play. They're definitely in play. So, like, I don't think you can you can discredit them for sure. It's kind of reminiscent of those um, Chris Paul, James Harden Rockets teams. Were just like, they're the offensive ceiling is so high that like, just on nights, if you get a night where like Irving goes for forty and Doncic goes for forty, like you're halfway there, you know? Um, and because the Western conference is 
just so continues to be so kind of squishy. Um, yeah, it wouldn't, it, I think like, like I said, I'd won 700. I'm not actually putting a bet down yeah. on the Mavs because I don't think they play. I think that the defensive limitations, um, at least as they presently stand, are going to be too much to overcome. Obviously, Jason Kidd has had a reputation of like installing and building good defenses, you know, speaking of the Bucks again, but um, it's going to be a lot. And it, there's not that much time to get everything set and implemented. Um it's not a very deep team either at this point, like, you know, getting Kleba back will be a big deal. Um, I'm still not a huge Christian Wood guy and he's their third best player now. Um, they don't have any wings. I mean, I guess Josh Green looked, I watched both the Mavs and the Mets last night. And those, both those games were super fun. Yeah. Uh, Green looks amazing. Yeah. Um, so maybe he can help out, but they, yeah, they, they seem they seem to be still in search of something here. So, um, so, so here's my, what about, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So here's my thing with them. Like, and you know, I'm not saying this to, to advocate for them or anything like that, but, uh, I don't think we can dismiss them. Right. So hearkening back to like those, uh, Chris Paul, James Harden, even the James Harden, you know, centric teams in, in Houston, uh, you know, they never played defense. Right. And so, you know, the knock on that, like they were just going to out, out math everybody, basically, right? Spread everybody out, mm-hmm. just drain threes. And, you know, and everybody kind of shits on those teams, but they got pretty far, right? And it was just like yeah. a few games. They didn't, they were, you know, they didn't hit their threes. And then so they lost. But, you know, I think the narrative is that like that style, uh, like is not conducive to winning, but they kind of proved that you can. It just happened to be, right, you know, a couple games, the shots just weren't falling, right? But like you said, you know, games, you know, shots are falling, like you get hot. So, you know, for example, so say, all right, so you got Luka, Kyrie, uh, Bullock is a three-point shooter. I mean, you could put THJ or Josh Green, probably Josh Green because the physicality defense. But, I mean, you have those guys there. They all shoot. Christian Wood at center, right? When Cleaver uh, comes back, he can stretch the floor, right? So... You basically just go five out that's going to give uh, a lot of room for both Kyrie and Luca to drive and then when defenses converge right there's guys there that are going to be shooting three so you know if these guys are you know I mean it's in a way it's it's going to be similar to the Houston offense except the lack of pace right they're going to probably be a little bit more uh you know, just a grind it out more mentality, which I don't know if they should, man. I think they should. I mean, if you're going to kind of go lean to the offense, just try to get easy yeah. buckets, right? And just try to push the pace more. But um, yeah, man, you know, like Luca scores 10 points in two minutes and then Kyrie scores, right? 10 points in, you know, whatever, the next two minutes. Boom. And then there's a flurry. And then, and then what are you doing, right? So, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think they're in play just because we have seen it. And like I said, I think the narrative from like those like Houston D'Antoni teams uh, is a little bit too negative than what kind of what really happened. I mean, because they did make runs, and it just happened to be mm-hmm. right. Just uh, they were, you know, they just ran to the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, you know, like better teams, and they just variance, right? Like uh, shots in a fall in the the crit- well, obviously the most critical games, but. You know, I mean, man, I mean, they, you know, they were there. They also, I mean, to to sing the praises of a team that didn't win 
and has been like thoroughly dismantled like four times over since then. Like that team also guarded. Like Chris Fall could still guard then. That's fair. PJ Tucker could guard. True, true. Clint Capella was a was the defensive anchor at the back line. Um, like Ariza was a part of that. Like there was there was more defensive yeah. talent. I mean, that's fair. People have that's people fair. have said good things about Reggie Bullock and um, and Josh Green has had like a good defensive season by the advanced numbers, but. Yeah, I I feel like that's the real like hamstring yeah. for for this Dallas team. That's a good point. Um, that's a good point. Like I said, I watched I watched both teams play last night. Um, I would love to talk with you about the Nets, unless you've got any more yeah. Mavs stuff that you want no, to hit. Let's, let's go for it. Because I think this Met, this Nets team is going to be super fun. Like even if um, you know, there's all these other rumors swirling about like sniffing around uh siakam really it's all the raptors i've heard i've seen rumors about like yeah. fred siakam og so there's a chance that this isn't they're not done yet but when i was watching that game last night a like cam thomas went off for another 40 piece which is like the dude scored 90 points in two games and done like almost nothing else it's, crazy. it's been really fun yeah. um but you know i'm reminded of those times last year when after James Harden was dealt to the Sixers um, and Kyrie wasn't available and it was just like Kevin and like Kessler Edwards and Cam Thomas. And it's just like Durant and the kids. And that team was fun as hell. Like I think that they're the overall like uh, championship ceiling for Brooklyn has come down for sure without having Irving. Um, I think like the gap between them and Philly and Boston and Milwaukee has gotten bigger, but I think they're going to be really competitive uh, when Durant gets back. And I think they're going to be really fun sort of regardless. Like Ben Simmons is now like the, the real linchpin of like <laughs> how far this team can go right. or how successful they'll be, which means they won't be all that <laughs> successful. It looks like, um, but man, like that, that game against the Clippers last night, was electric man um i i really enjoyed that that nets team and you know we'll see what they what they do as far as bringing in other pieces but it's a fun group like they they play with a lot of verve um i think like getting you know getting whatever sort of negative energy or what kind of like sort of psychological drain that that irving seems to bring to his teams uh they seem to be playing unencumbered now which is fun what do you think about brooklyn yeah, you can't. You, I don't think you can make too much of what they're doing right now. Usually, you know, it happens that you get a small little jolt, right, of energy. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like the laissez fair, just go. And, you know, Cam Thomas has always been like, he's a professional getter of buckets, like ever since, you know, probably high school, right? Like the dude, like the dude can score. But, you know, his, his issue is that, like, like, he needs to be the guy. Like he put up what twenty nine mm -hmm. shots last night. Like the usage rate yeah. is like forty five percent and forty two percent, right? So it's right. it's really yeah. fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I mean, he shot like sixty percent, fifty percent. So I mean, he's a you know career basically forty three percent shooter from the you know. I mean, he I, he was like step back like twenty three footers. Like he's just like tossing up shit, right? So you know, he's not that heater. Like he's not gonna be that guy, right? No. Um, you know, he may be. You know he could be a nice microwave piece off off the bench and things like that. But then you know once Kevin Durant comes and you know returns and once Spencer Dinwiddie's in in the you know in the mix, things kind of settle down a little bit. Um, 
yeah you know it'll the i think the energy will kind of subside a little bit right and then they'll kind of settle in but uh i do agree i think um you know there's some nice pieces here and in terms of like team construction roster construction too uh it's good you know nick claxton has been amazing this year uh, obviously you have durant right he you know you have a superstar right dinwiddie's a nice player and then you have the defensive guys, you know, DFS, Royce O'Neal are kind of like twins. Uh, they can handle any, basically, most of the wings out there. So, like, if you're thinking, like, a Boston matchup, right, I think they will match up pretty, pretty well with them. They got a bunch of shooters on the team, right, Curry, Harris. I mean, some injury concerns, right? Like, that's a, that's a big issue with this team. Um, but if they can get TJ Warren back up to speed, right, that's someone that you can kind of like a Middleton-esque you know, you can give him the ball and he can get you a bucket. Uh, and obviously, Cam Thomas, right? Like, he can be a microwave. So, I, I do like kind of roster construction-wise uh, pieces that they have. Um, it's, like, you know, like you said, Simmons is kind of the wild card there, right? Like, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's tough. So, yeah, I don't know. There's some good things that he does and can do. But obviously, injury is a big concern. But then, yeah, his fit, like, especially come playoff time. I think regular season, like, you know, he's he's nice. But come playoff time, like, I don't know, man. Can you trust the guy in the uh, playoffs? <laughs> I just, you know, the it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with these rotations because outside of Ginwitty, there isn't really, like, a starting caliber guard. Um, and, like, you, you can throw Royce at the two – or or Dorian at the two, um, but I don't really know like what the backcourt looks like. I mean, theoretically, Ben Simmons is a point guard offensively, but like that hasn't really been. You know, he's a he's a transition point guard yeah. for what Brooklyn wants to do, and so you know when you get into a playoff setting where you're going to be uh, going up against set defenses and and people are really locked in, like. I don't know. It seems really hard to play him and Claxton at the same time. Like, I don't know. Did he, did Ben Simmons lose his, his starting job? He's going to play tonight, I think. Or, I or the next game Brooklyn plays, he should be back for. Yeah, but. I don't think he's lost his starting job. Um, you know, my, my main issue with Simmons, like outside of the fact that he can't shoot <laughs> and the injuries, but my main issue is just like, like, like mentally, man. Mentally and emotionally, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think he's just is a little too fragile there, you know. And, yeah, and, he doesn't look right. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't want to like kind of poo poo and you know be like that, like be like that dude. But like, um, in a way, I kind of put him in the same bucket as like Carl Anthony Towns. Um, you know, they have both have physical gifts. Um, you know, they're you know both really good players, right? But just, like, mentally, like, they're just, I don't think they're strong enough. You know, I just don't. Mm. And so, like, you know, with Cat, like, I mean, when, I mean, that whole Jimmy Butler, you know, that whole time, like, that, like, that showed a lot to me. You know, that showed a lot. Like, Jimmy Butler, like, wasn't having any of that. And he basically just ate him. He took his heart, right? And... You know, just the way that, like, you know, he kind of reacted to that. And then after that, you know, things that I've seen from him, like, like, yeah, like he could be a nice player, but I don't think he's a dude that could ever lead a team to a chip, right? 
Simmons, I don't think Simmons, I would ever have that expectations of him being like the guy. But like, I can't even imagine him being like a significant contributor in the playoffs, right? Just because like the pressure, right? Not only the pressure, but then like, like, you know, like dudes are just going to just, just, just be on him like all game, right? And I, yeah. I have I have no confidence in him being able to like handle that, right? And um, yeah. So that's an issue, man. That like to me, that's a huge, huge issue, right? Like, it, yeah. You know, like if you can't, yeah, like if you can't even if you can't handle that, like, you know, like you can't be on the court basically. And then you factor in he can't shoot and free throws and all that stuff. Like, I mean, how, how you know how are you gonna play him? You know, it's just it's crazy, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They need to trade them, but like, who's taking them? Right? Who's taking them? Yeah, yeah. Well, I the the number that is most concerning to me about Simmons is uh, five point nine. That is his total field goals attempted per game this year. I'm just like, you're just not a threat, yeah. you know. Like you you have to be if you're gonna be playing in the playoffs, you're gonna be playing these crunch time minutes. Um, you have to, you have to do something to this defense. Otherwise, they can just completely ignore you and load up on Durant. And um, you know, you're, you can't be playing four on five offensively in the playoffs. Um, which, you know, I think I think it was um, I think it was Tim Bontemps that said this, but like it was before Irving got traded, and the thing that he was floating is like package Irving and uh and simmons it was like the the westbrook westbrook framework because it's a good idea not only yeah not only do you have simmons now but you've got like three more years of this like that it might be the worst contract in basketball you know like what a what an albatross that is um so i don't know if they can move him in future things like if i'm toronto like i don't if you're going to be asking me for like fred van vliet or og and anobi like I'm not taking back Ben Simmons. That is decidedly your problem, not mine. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I really do. I feel like the, the thing that matters um, the most for, for Ben is, like, he just is not a – he doesn't put any pressure on the defense. Um, and I don't know how you play a guy like that when every possession matters. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, – oh, man. I don't know why I keep going back to these stupid freaking Pistons teams, but you know, like at <laughs> you know, at some point the league figured it out, right? Ben Wallace, yeah. just don't even guard him, and then you can just double Rip Hamilton. You know, when he comes off those curl screens, you can just have a guy there, right? And then you know, it really like they, you know, once the league figured it out, like yeah, it really bogged down their offense, right? And it's just like yeah, you know. So I mean, Simmons is basically that guy. Like you don't even you don't have to. You know, have a dude on him. It's just right. Just have a guy playing center field, or just double the guys. You know, figure out the plays. Um, so yeah, from a tactical point viewpoint, and also just from a, a mental aspect, like yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, you just can't play the guy. It's just, you know, sad man. I, I you know, I do feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, there's certain things like, I guess he could have done, right? to, to kind of help out the situation. Right. You know, it's like, you know, okay. So, I mean, talking about Simmons and talking about Kyrie, like, 
you know, it really gets me like thinking about, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to identify players that you want, right? And things like that, like, or in terms of improvement. And then it kind of segues into like Isaac Okoro. Like, you know, we've talked about it, right? But, but you know, like, we're, you know, we're always, you know, talking about like, how can we identify kind of breakouts or how can we identify players that, you know, are going to be good or, or whatnot. And, you know, we have touched on like kind of the mental, the intangible aspects of it, right? And so, you know, like you know, work ethic, or, you know, the desire to improve, um, you know, all those things like that. Like, uh, and so I think like, so to me, like, okay, so we got Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and I could say Isaac Okoro. And it's just such an interesting mix, right? Because Kyrie is so talented. And I do think he likes basketball. But I think there's other priorities, you know, for him that he thinks about, right? Which right, kind of limits his ceiling to some degree right um and you know, that just showed like the a lot of the off off the court stuff you know the, the machinations come from that right ben simmons physically gifted right but you know i think i think simmons is one of those dudes where you know from an early age he's just been bigger and taller than everybody else and everybody was just like yo you're a basketball player and then they gave him all this shit. And then he's like, yeah, okay, I'm good at this. And I'm getting all these, you know, accolades and, you know, money. And I get to play professionally. But I don't think he's he's ever that dude, like, that I love basketball. And I want to be a basketball player. I think basketball just kind of fell into his lap. And then he just did mm-hmm. it, right? And, you know, like, you know, which is, which which kind of sucks, right? Because like, man, with that ability, with the God-given ability, right? There's a certain floor that he had, right? But, you know, I mean, you know, obviously like the mental health aspect and mental strength, like that's, that's tough, right? Because this, I know that's a pretty sensitive topic and it's very hard. Like I've been through tough times too, right? So I get it, right? But like, you know, the improving the shooting part, that's a, a tangible thing. You know, that's thing that's something that, uh, you just that's just desire right that's just doing it right and so that brings me to isaac okoro right like you know he's physically gifted right he was drafted high for a reason right but then his his main knock was just shooting right but then the dude fucking worked his ass off right and like you know i remember reading the article over the summer you know like he's like yeah you know i'm i have to make 200 baskets a day and then just shooting and then you know the cleveland they had like some sort of the system that kind of breaks down your shot he had a coach and uh he was working on like the, the optimal degree it's like a 45 percent. i forgot the number 42 a, 40 a launch yeah, angle the, here. yeah yeah launch <laughs> angle right that shows like the ideal like you know whatever so um you know he fucking worked his ass off right and so now like he was like 29 28 shooter from downtown his rookie year he improved it the next year i think now he's like mid-30s might be more and so now it's like you know, I think, you know, the recent hot streak that he's on, but like, you know, he's comfortable and reading the quotes on like his players, his teammates, they're like, yo, we see this motherfucker working his ass off in the gym and we, we have confidence in him because we see him working and we see him drain it and we're going to pass him the ball. And then, so now he's got that confidence, but not only his confidence, but his teammates have confidence in him because they see it. Whereas like a Ben Simmons, right? 
you know, you, you don't you never hear that shit, right? And then obviously the results speak for themselves because he's not efficient. And then now he himself doesn't even have that confidence, right, to even shoot the ball, right? Yeah. So if he doesn't have confidence, then there's no way in hell his teammates are going to have confidence in him shooting. So, you know, like like I tell my kids all the time, like, you know, hey, man, like, uh, you know, a lot of times, like, fear comes from not being prepared, right? I, I, I think... There's some author, you know, Shea Serrano. I love that guy, right? But yeah, he's awesome. But I think one of his, you know, quotes was always like, "Yeah, like, you know, when I feel nervous or when I feel anxious, like his thing was like, yeah, it's because I'm not prepared enough." And then so then he has then he goes and researches more or you know does more shit. Um, and then like I know like public speaking and things like that. Like I've always had an issue with that because um, I think I'm more introverted t- to begin with, so I don't really feel comfortable in that environment but you know if i had to get up in front of you know people but i've done it a couple times you know and yeah like when i'm prepared then it's a lot easier right and i tell my kids that you know like hey anything like you just you know when you feel more like i when you feel more prepared you just feel more confident right and then it kind of exudes uh, natural exuding so um yeah all of this is you working your way around to saying that you traded for isaacaro and i Fucking hate it. I'm so annoyed that you made that deal. I think it was a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he, I think I saw recently that he's made like 20 of his last 43s, which obviously is, you know, there will be some regression from there. But um, yeah, I mean, Cleveland really needs him. Like, he was always kind of the guy they penciled in to be that wing stopper that could shoot. Um, the wing stopper component of that was there, but this year is when it finally sort of took root with the shooting. And, um, man, that team is, that team's going to be a problem in the postseason. Oh yeah, um, they are. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that was the one, I guess, question mark for them coming into the season, the small forward position, you know, so they were mm-hmm. kind of like, I said, Levert, Okoro, Dean Wade, Seti Gossman, um, and Dylan Windler, <laughs> Lamar Stevens. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a it's a deep it's a deep well that they went through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They and you know, actually, they they all kind of like I like Dean Dean Wade a lot actually, um, mm. and I actually think he's gonna be uh, a factor in the playoffs just because uh, he's he's big man. He's like six eight yeah. six nine, but he's strong. Uh, he has some agility to him, right? And he can shoot. Man, in the playoffs, you know, those stretch big guys that kind of versatile that can play the three and the four, uh, I think they're pretty valuable. So, yeah, I like them a lot. But, yeah, um, they they have a lot of options there, right? Like, they can go with a lot of different looks. Uh, and I think versatility is, is going to be key. Um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun team. <laughs> yeah, I really like Cleveland. I like what they're doing. Um they're gonna to be tough, man. I definitely like them more than Brooklyn. Yeah. Do you do you have um, like who are kind of your favorites from both the West and the East right now, off the top of your head? Um, this summer I was in Nevada, and uh, I put some future money down on the Bucks winning the East. Ah, you mortgage? Did you mortgage the house? Did you mortgage? No, <laughs> no. My um, my. My budget was uh, constrained by, what was it constrained? My budget was like my, 
partial my winnings from craps and so like nice. i had cash on nice. hand that's the best i'll throw some dollars yeah. at this that's, yeah that's i mean um so i'm holding a a bucks eastern conference ticket okay. and i'm holding a nuggets western conference ticket the nuggets i actually got on with pretty good odds um yeah this nuggets ticket was 10 to 1 nice. so which is better than what it is now yeah that's um, really good you know i think that that nuggets Defense is getting better. Um, I don't quite know where they improve. Like they're looking to move Bones Highland. They've, they've put him completely on ice uh, over the last week or so. Um, I would love it if they could get Alex Caruso. I think he would be an awesome fit uh, in Denver. Um, You know, this Curry injury, like I think it could really set the Warriors back. Um, You know, they're just, they're not, they weren't near the top of the conference anyways. And then you lose staff. You're going to be down in that play in mix. Like it's just going to be really hard. The warriors are the warriors. Like, you know, you don't count them out until they're get, until they're really out of it, but like you got to win three series in the East or in the West. And like doing it from the bottom is going to be hard. You know, um, they're seven and 20 on the road. That's, wild, That's so gross. Man. The Rockets are five and twenty-two. You know, so they're like, they're basically Ooh. the Rockets on the road. It's 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 gross. It's yeah. You can't. You're not doing anything uh, when you're seven and twenty away from from home. There's uh, yeah, no way. And now Curry's hurt, so uh, it's, it's it's gonna be tough for them. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think Denver is the team. I mean, the the Grizzlies have hit, sort of hit the skids yeah. recently. Um, they seem like they might be just too young still, you know, like you're big on the, uh, uh, what is it? The game of death or whatever, where you gotta, <laughs> you gotta move up the ladder. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're quite mature enough you, yet to do you it. Might be right. Yeah. You might be right there. Um, and after that, like, it's just like, I don't know. The Booker comes back this week, which would be really good for Phoenix. Um, but I don't know, man. Like the the Pelicans have been injured forever. Um, I like fundamentally, I just I will believe the Clippers are frauds until they win. Like it's just like a thing. I've 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 been holding that opinion for like 15 years, and I haven't been proved wrong yet. And so like I'm not gonna break that one. Um, so yeah, I guess it's Denver, even though like that's that's a pretty flawed team. Um, and in the East, like I I don't. Even as like a, a sort of Bucks Homer guy, like I think it's Boston. I think Boston is the best team in basketball. I don't really, I don't really see how. I can see how they get beat by the Bucks um, because like they just don't solve the Giannis problem, and Middleton's back, and and there you go. But like I think the Brogdon addition was big. Um, they just got a bunch of fucking players, man, and like the two wings with Tatum and Brown they've just put so much stress on your defense. Um, I think they're hungry. I think they're focused. I think they feel like they should have won last year. I think they probably should have won last year. Um, it gives me no pleasure to say that the Celtics <laughs> are the best team in basketball, but Trust me. I think the Celtics are the Trust best team in basketball. Me yeah. <laughs> my to um, yeah I, I absolutely hate it, but um, yeah, man, they're, they're really good. Uh, you know, I mean, they just have so much depth on the backcourt and the wings. And then now you mm-hmm. got Time Lord, like getting back into the mix. 
Uh, I think, you know, if there's one team, I think them and the Heat are probably, or maybe the Cavs too, are, are probably the most um, geared towards stopping uh, Giannis. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. not only do they have the pieces, but like, you know, they have the experience of going up against them, right? Um, Horford, yeah. Horford has always been good against Giannis, and then now you have time more. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there. Um, yeah, Nuggets, man. Um, you know, I think uh, yeah, Bones Highland, like he's toast. Uh, I I think it's pretty exciting for Christian Braun. You know, I think they've been yeah, you know, they've been wanted to get him into the rotation for a long time, but they just haven't been it. So I I kind of think that's one of the main reasons why they're just like, yo, let's get rid of Bones. The, you know, obviously Bones probably didn't help matters. Uh, but I think, yeah, they really like Christian Braun and I think he's going to, he's going to help them a lot because, uh, his, I think his size and athleticism, uh, is really good. So he's very versatile and then he can score, uh, and then the energy that he plays with, you know, he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he, you know, he's, he's crazy, but yeah, I like the Caruso, uh, suggestion, but you know, the Caruso guy, like, you know, there's a reason why he's a guide, right. And, you know, he is a religion and I, I heard that they like want a, a Chicago wants a ton for him, rightfully so. So you know, yeah, yeah. it might be tough to get him. But yeah, I don't. I I'm really curious to see how this trade deadline sort of plays out. Like, obviously, the Irving thing was a was a really big piece, but um, maybe it's wishful thinking. But I, I'm feeling like uh, some tremors and and some vibes coming through that this is going to be like a a disruptive trade deadline. I really, I hope so. I mean, I, I think like shaking things up would be, I mean, it's always, it's great content and, and good fun, but um, you know, I don't know how many teams outside of um, that top three in the East can feel like they're, you know, exactly where they want to be, which, you know, maybe will encourage some, some more dramatic swings. I mean, if I'm Denver, like, how many how many times can you have an MVP season from Jokic and still not like make the Western Conference Finals? Like, I feel like it's it's time to really get serious there. Um, you think they? So. You think uh, you would advocate them making a big move? I don't really know what they would do. You know, and I, and really, I was talking to a friend of mine in Fort Collins. They don't have a ton of pieces as far as like players that they can move out. MPJ? Would um, you move MPJ? It's a huge contract yeah, now, though. Yeah. Like, it's not, um, man. I don't know. I worry about Porter because, like, that's a really expensive jump shooter. You know, like you just you need more from him, yeah. either as a defensive entity or, you know, being able to put the ball on the on the deck a little bit more and create more off the bounce. Like, the jumper is so pure. Um, that's never been in doubt. But like, you know. They're, the Nuggets are kind of interesting. I watch them a ton, and they're kind of hamstrung by like a lack of of explosiveness. Like, you know, because their best player is Jokic, and because he plays at his own tempo, and like because he's so unusual, um, it looks unfamiliar. Like that, this is how a good basketball team is operating. But you know, like Murray. Murray's more of a shot maker than a like explode fast twitch, get to the bucket kind of guy. Um, and Porter is more of a jump shooter than he is like a, 
a creative player. And so it feels like they just don't have as much kind of like burst and pop as you would want out of a champion. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if the answer is like bringing in more defense like Caruso or, I mean, it's definitely not like about adding more offense, which is why Highland was, was the, the player that is probably going to be moved out. It's just like, you know, another offense first uh, guard coming in running your second unit. They just need, they need to find ways to, to not get killed when, when Joker sits. So um, I kind of hope so. I mean, I, I hope they push in most, I feel like all these Western conference teams, like it's there, but that's, that's what was behind the, the Mavericks move was like, they think that this is a soft year and uh, I think they're right. They're in good position, man. You know, they they are in good position. I guess, um, yeah. I mean, they they have some really good pieces. <laughs> You're right. I mean, the more I think about it, like that, I, I really like that team. Man, twenty five and four at home. You know, that's uh, twelve and thirteen away, so they can improve on that. But um, I... when you the one seed, you know, you get to you have you bring everyone up five thousand feet in the air to play your home yeah, games. Like that's huge. That's huge. I, you know, I really love Bruce Brown on that team, man. Dude, man, speaking of perfect former Nets, like, wow, that guy was amazing next to Durant. Yeah. He's amazing next to Joker. Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. I, that Western Conference is, is a strange puzzle. Um, and I can't – I think that's why my mind, like, reverts to the, the Warriors are going to win it because, like, I just – I've never – I haven't seen anyone else win it. Other than these, you know, those signs. <laughs> the default. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, like, um, I don't think the Lakers, I mean, unless the Lakers make a, a, a big move, but I don't think the Lakers are, are going to get there. And like I said, I have the, I have a long history of doubting the Clippers and being right about that. So um, I do like the Clippers this year. Um, you know, it's crazy. Lakers are 13th, but they're only five games back from the fourth seed. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. It's February seventh. Like how <laughs> how do we not have any idea who's going to the Western Conference? That's crazy. Um, I think the Kings are frauds. Like I, I think that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a fine way to yeah. conclude that. Um, I don't. I'm not. I don't buy the Kings. Obviously, Nuggets and Grizzlies. I buy. I'm. I buy the the Clippers, the Mavs. Uh, to be determined. Um, I mm-hmm. think the Suns are there. Uh, I'm not. I don't buy the Warriors. Uh, definitely don't buy the Timberwolves. Um, no. Pelicans, yeah, you know maybe when Zion, when everyone gets, if that team is healthy, uh, I, I think they're in the mix uh, to make some noise, but I don't think they're legitimate contenders. Um, mm-hmm. Just because like <laughs> the game of death, right? Like they need to go, they need to go through certain doors first, but. Uh, I definitely think they can make some noise because they, man, they have a lot of versatility too. Um, they can play a bunch of different ways. They have so much length too. Uh, and then the rest, yeah, the rest, yeah, there's, I, I'm not feeling anybody else, you know? I mean, the East, yeah, the East is tougher, man. That, the Eastern Conference playoff is going to be so much fun, man. It's going to be just a lot of nasty, long series. Definitely. Um, which I think is why I prefer Boston to the rest of the group because I think they've got great depth. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really 
valuable thing. I'm curious to see if Philly tries to bring in another player. Um, I, I think I know, think I Philly's think... going to be tough. You know. Yes, <laughs> as a guy as a guy who watches a lot of Bucks yeah. games, like um, I have concerns. I have concerns about getting out of the Eastern Conference. I think that's going to be a really challenging thing to do. Um, and I think, like again, having as many bodies as you can to throw at the problem is a is a really nice thing to have. So you got guys like Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. Like, you know, Brogdon starts on almost every other team. For sure, um, he's nice. He's real nice. I, I wish he was still a Buck. I wish Dante DiVincenzo was still a buck. I, yeah. <laughs> could use those bodies. What, why did they let him? Was it the contract? Was it money? Is that why they couldn't sign him? Or yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I think I think Brogdon was a was a financial thing, mm-hmm. and then DiVincenzo they traded for Serge Ibaka, which was just like a thing I hated at the time, and I hate even more now that like Serge Serge was useless. You know, they brought him in to be a like a sort of Embiid kind of answer. And it never happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited about the next couple of days and seeing if if there are some big moves that go down. We're coming down to home stretch here. Yeah, we are. It feels like you know we're 65, 66% of the way home. No, it's exciting. Um, it's crazy, man. This this season is has come by really fast. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, with all this trade speculation, rumors, and things like that, and you know, fantasy trade deadlines are coming upon us as well. Uh, so uh, in terms of like making moves on speculation and things like that, is that something that you like to do or like, how do you like to approach, uh, you know, deadlines? I think it's really hard to like get out in front of things. Cause I think more often than not, things don't happen. Like, I think that's the status quo is, is more frequently maintained than it is disrupted. Um, and so I think like, if you're, if you're stashing, if you're holding and hoping like, yikes, you know, like I, I think about the, um, the Utah jazz when it comes to this, cause like that was a team that everyone was very, myself included had really, uh, I felt very certain my convictions that this team was going to do certain things and it just, they just haven't. Um, I imagine there will be some moves that get made and pieces come out of Utah. And like, but you know, like I drafted Colin Sexton or traded for Colin Sexton uh, on spec and um, that shit has been bad. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, I drafted Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. Like that one has been bad. Um, so, yeah, I think like it's not a, it's not a very productive way to do things. Um, I would say of the like, the players on my fantasy rosters that are sort of like still there or looking for a trade, I've got Zach Collins in some places. Which like if Pearl gets moved, um, he can move into it. Although he he's playing enough, he's played enough recently to be a useful guy even as a backup. Okay, so let's talk about Collins. Yeah. Because like sure. yeah, so I traded him away at a a dynasty at another thirty team too as well, and mm-hmm. you know obviously I don't know why they wanted him. Uh, the other team wanted him. I think they wanted him at the draft anyways. But uh, you know obviously good chance that Porto gets traded. Uh, you know he gets more minutes and things like that, and he's a nice player. My my thing is is like I don't think he's like I don't think he's great. You know like I I've always been on on him just because I feel like you know pretty athletic 
right? And good passer and do stuff. But mm-hmm. man, like sometimes like when I watch him play, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm very underwhelmed. Like he gets punked a lot too. So yeah, so what are your views on him as like a player? Uh and you know, in terms of I guess like his I guess upside, his ceiling. Yeah. I mean I think that his the upside with him lies in minutes because like I think the things that the reason why he's an attractive player for fantasy is that it's blocks and threes, you know, like you get blocks and threes out of a big man. Like that's a useful guy. Um, so I think like that's kind of, you know, that's what the thing that you're sort of waiting on is like, if this guy gets 32 minutes a night that those will sh- sort of shine through, he's been a pretty solid rebounder um, despite limited minutes. So it's, it's really volume of, of, of counting stats. Um, the free throw percentage is okay too. Like he's, he's one of those kind of big men of like the, the field goal percentage is, uh, is okay. It's on the lower end for a big, um, the free throw is okay. It, you know, he, I guess like the, the optimal circumstances, like that's a useful enough guy, um, for, for a center position, but I don't think he's a, you know, I, I think that the, that the, Spurs would be wise to trade Pirtle because, like, what else? What I you can keep him, I suppose, but like, right. I, I think acquiring assets would be better. Um, but I don't think like they're going like, oh man, Zach Collins is going to be the center <laughs> for the Spurs for the next five years, you know? Yeah. Oh, so you don't think, I think you it's don't mostly, think, yeah, you don't think if they trade Pirtle, you don't think he would be like their guy going forward? I mean, maybe yeah. I. I think he'd be their guy for the rest of the season, right. but I don't think that you, I don't think you can really like go to war in the Western conference with Zach Collins as your, as your starting center, if you're trying to do some things, you know, and I, you know, he also is what you were saying about like, um, he's gotten banged up a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if he's really, he seems to be more suited to be a sort of stretch four. um, rather than a five. That's what I think, too. But, I think, yeah, he'd be better as a forward, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so Collins is one guy that I got. Um, I got K.J. Martin, which is kind of working um, in Houston. He's benefiting because uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is out, and so their rotations have sort of opened up. If, um, if, Eric, if that Eric Gordon trade ever happens, like that's another player that's sort of out of the rotation, and, and K.J. can get some run. But I don't really have a lot of guys that are like uh, that. Their value is totally tied to the player in front of them getting moved. Um, that's just not. It's not how things have sort of worked out for me. Um, because I had to drop Colin Sexton in like you know, November. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, we've we've gone over that uh, painfully uh, more than a few times. Because yeah, we we. I mean, we talked about it over this off season too. You know, and it's like we totally galaxy brain that shit. You know when. The information yeah. was, it was literally right in front of our faces. <laughs> it's just like. Marking in, marking in, marking in. Um, but, you know, like the fact that they didn't trade Conley and Clarkson and all those guys, right? I mean, that was just such a huge, like, you know, hey, stay away from all these other guys because these guys are still here, you know? It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, we, uh, you know, it's crazy. And Mike might still be there. He turned an ankle last yeah. night in Utah. And I don't know, like, I don't know who was trained for Mike Conley before that. It <laughs> seems seems to be kind of a rental. Yeah. 
Um, and if he, he's got a bad ankle sprain, like that, the timing of it could take him off the table. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, again, like, I don't know if you're doing a, if you're doing a rental on Conley, you want him for this year. And if it's a bad sprain, I have no idea. Now I'm just speculating. Yeah, yeah. I saw him turn yeah, it yeah. and left. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's sort of a dangerous proposition to, to think that you're, that you know, what's going to happen. And so your guy will, will benefit from it. Um, what about you? Do you have any stashes? Do you have anyone you're, you're, you're coveting playing time for? Yeah. You know, like I used to be really into like following the trade rumors and all that stuff. Uh, now I just feel like it's a waste of time, you know, um, Mm. and it's probably detrimental for my health and, you know, just because I spend so much, I used to spend so much energy reading all this stuff and getting excited and, and things like that. And, you know, it got me excited to, it, or it motivated me to do certain moves that, you know, I really shouldn't have, right? Because then I, you know, you hear one thing, you start reading about it, and then, you know, more people talk about it. And they like, yeah, you start envisioning scenarios. And you're like, all right, yeah, let me go. And then, you know, you start doing shit. And then it's like, right. And, you know, also like, I realize a lot of the information that we get from that shit is just manipulation anyways from yep. different parties for whatever reason, you know, they're right. So, you know, I think if I wish someone would do a study and I'm too fucking lazy to do it, but you know, I wish someone else yeah, would do a study, but I, I, I would say more than often, a lot of the trades, and I don't think it's just basketball, but across all the major sports, a lot of the trades are trades that happened that weren't ever talked about. Right. And I remember like, you'll see, read a lot of articles like, yeah, this was, it flew under the radar or is never talked about. But yeah, man, because, you know, when there's like true negotiations, right, they don't want shit to slip out, right? You know, you're trying mm-hmm. to just take care, you know, get the deal done, right? And so, yeah, that's why I feel like a lot of agents and the, you know, whatever, different parties and factions are throwing out shit to, you know, whatever, enhance or get more. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like it's a waste of time. And yeah, it's probably more detrimental um for my fantasy teams and for my health to 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 put too much greatness into it so it's kind of like yeah man let me just see how things shake out uh and then you know and then i'll go i'll go from there so yeah yeah and we will you know things things will shake out and and we'll go on on the other side of of thursday yeah definitely i'm looking forward to our uh next week's pod i think uh there's gonna be a lot of stuff we'll, we'll you know we'll be able to talk about um, I'm so excited about spending 20 minutes talking about how good a fit John Collins is for the Indiana Pacers. Pacers you know? Okay, <laughs> that's that that's just get ready for it. We're going to talk about uh, court dynamics okay. with Halliburton okay. and Turner and Collins and run into the rim and you know just like what a like uh, a philosophical and spiritual difference it is nice. to play with Halliburton than it is with young you know just like the reinvigoration of spirit like i'm, I'm trying to manifest it I, we got to get him out of atlanta so i love it we got to get him out i of love there. it i think you should write the fiction um and you know maybe that'll spark the universe into making it reality i would love that i would love that i just he can't, yeah there's there's been no more toxic relationship than john collins uh in atlanta yeah, like that Come on, it's, man. Come it's on. crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, yeah. All right, man. It's been real. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, stay warm. For sure. 
Stay, stay Wisconsin warm. And uh, Wisconsin warm it yeah. is. Have a good one, Joel. I'll talk to you next week, man. Take cool, care. Later.